So we're talking about water today because because it's on everybody's mind if you're in the Western U.S. Yeah, right? it's in the news all the time. The yeah, Colorado River's in trouble. Lake Powell's almost empty. The whole like the uh, hipsters and techies are drying out up there in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it's going to be 111 in Portland apparently, which seems like. You can't possibly live outside in that humidity at 111 degrees. It doesn't do that. They don't do that there. No. They don't know how to do that. 111. That's insane. And, of course, the country's probably going to catch on, well, at least the western half, probably going to catch on fire again and cover the country in smoke. Yeah, that's absolutely going to happen. And it's really, really a drag because um, smoke really does float everywhere. And it's uh, yeah. who was, I was talking to somebody, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine today, actually. Uh, I think he's in Santa Rosa, somewhere down there in that area, California. And he said last year, uh, it almost came over the, the fires almost came over the hill to his house and, um, and he heard like two propane tanks on the other side of the hill explode. And, and he just, he says every year we're thinking like, it's going to, this is going to be the year every year. And he's, then of course it's, it's brittle to this year. We were talking about, um, I'm not going to go too long on this, but we were talking about, uh, climate change and global warming and climate refugees. And it, it's generally thought to be, you know, people from. Honduras or El Salvador or Guatemala or something. Right. But I know somebody who moved here last year, just before, well, maybe at the beginning of the pandemic from uh, the Napa area. Oh, yeah. And they basically fled because they were sick of forest fires. Yeah. Yeah. And so you would think that the big thing is like, oh, they're going to come here and they can just buy a house, right? Because their house is worth a fortune. It's Mm -hmm. in Napa Valley. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that people are having trouble getting insurance sure. for their houses in that area because it's such a fire danger. So it's the like the climate refugee is a real thing. They're yeah. just it's within our own borders. Well, and we'll get on to uh cuz this is cuz this could easily turn into an are we recording episode, but because uh I have an I have a uh, thing that came up in the um I think it came up in BBC today or something like that, maybe it got the Guardian um, reporting on on you know the Florida Keys and the fact that their their water's rising. Right. And what their problem is, is that they're not going to be able to get mortgages on their houses soon because yeah. who's going to give you a mortgage on a house that's probably going to sink into the ocean in the next couple of years. Right. Um, and then, of course, that means you can't sell your house. That means you're, you're, you can't, you, you're, you're into this house for whatever the value and now you can't afford it. And uh, some of those people will survive. Some of those people have, have maybe more money than just their house, but a lot right. of people don't. So, and it, so this is our thing, right? Uh, today's topic is water and yours is about yep. like the fighting over the water and mine is about too much water. This is, uh, this is, a this is so, so, so I'm watching China. You ever see the movie Chinatown with Jack Nicholson? Yeah. Great film. Yeah. Really, really great film. Academy award winning film. I think it was, I think it won the Academy award that year. Tremendous film. And I'm watching it with um my girlfriend Ingrid and we're we're uh and she'd never seen it and I'm just watching this room being I haven't seen it in 20 years or so and I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking what is so familiar about this story and then I remember that the story of Chinatown is based the backbone of it the writer uh, based it on the California water wars which I hadn't you know because of I knew because of Mulholland and Mulholland Drive, and he's a famous, you know, right. you know, sort of L.A. character. And I'd looked into it and read about it years ago, but it, I, I was up for a refresher. I start to read it, and I realize this is perfect for for our podcast and and topical for today. 
Um, so the the sort of the 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 title of I titled mine. It's titled uh, Los Angeles, the Owens Valley, and the California Water World Water Wars, and it's such a fascinating story. So I'll it, it, we're going back a little over a hundred years now. Um, a little more than that, actually, once we really get into it. Uh, in 1913, the city of Los Angeles uh, diverted the Owens River uh, via a, an aqueduct to boost the city's dwindling water supply. So the Owens, Owens River is, you know, it's an inland valley, Owens Valley, and there's a river there, and um, it's pretty lush. And uh, California, Los Angeles is growing and it needs water. So settling in the Owens Valley, uh, it starts... It starts with this Homestead Act in 1862, and prior to that, the valley was the home to a few ranchers who grazed cattle on this grassy land. Uh, they wrestled the land from the Paiute tribe uh, with the help of the U.S. Army and the Owens Valley in what was the Owens Valley Indian War of 1862. Never heard of it, but apparently it was a thing, uh, and I'm sure it was probably not very cool. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> But you know, fortunately, the the white man made uh, things better, All, as always, right? Yeah. right? <laughs> as always, yeah, guaranteed. Right. It's like a stamp of a That's like right. guaranteed on the on the you know. So uh, you know the uh, so the Homestead Act allows people to buy up to 160 acres of land, um, and each each acre is a dollar twenty five. So. And they wanted uh, small farms. That's why it's 160 acres. They didn't want to have these big, you know, they wanted to actually settle the valley. Uh, so that's what the Homestead Act's intention was. And later uh, in 1877, the area had grown in population and they uh, they upped the amount to of land that a person could buy to 640 acres. So that shift in land cap, um, it brought all these speculators in who grabbed up as much fertile land as they could because it, it was there was so much plentiful water and their their hope was that would they then boost the prices and resell the property right so at the same time sort of you know start of the you know um around 1900 1902 um in los angeles the population's really exploding and these two guys frederick eaton and william mulholland who had been working together at what was then the privately held Los Angeles Water Company, they're developing a vision as to the city's future. And I mean, as much as this story kind of like, there's a lot to think about while you're listening to this story. Like, obviously, there's underhanded tactics, there's money grabbing, there's a lot of that happens in this story. It's why it's the backbone of a Hollywood film and and an Academy Award winning Hollywood film. But what's equally interesting is the mechanics of how ultimately it worked because we talk we've we've laughed about the fact that like nobody there are all these conspiracies and people think things are happening but you can't get a core like five people to do anything together right. without screwing one of them screwing it up right i mean it's the it's reservoir dogs it's something right. someone's gonna blow it right That's, yep well this is sort of like one of those master criminal <laughs> This is that that one time. This is like the Ocean's Eleven if it was a real thing and it was based on the backdrop of a boring water district thing. So or water rights. So these guys have this vision for the future of Los Angeles and they truly do. They think that the city has this in, the ability to expand and explode and become something really significant and they believe the key to the vision is water. So Los Angeles is pretty quickly outgrowing its water supply, and Eaton and Mulholland, um, they, under, they really understand this because of the work they've been doing. And Eaton, 
um, at this point has been elected mayor of Los Angeles and ha- and he'd been instrumental in taking the water company over uh, letting to be controlled by the city. So it was privatized and then he made sure it, it uh, he got it sort of controlled by the city. He believed the people should control the water. I don't know. That makes you think he might be sort of for the people. That's really not the case. But he, <laughs> he probably had something else going on there. But anyway, um, so these guys are acutely aware of the need for water. And they look to the Sierra Nevada mountain range and the snowmelt runoff, which would provide ample supply for the city's needs. And they realize this. But the problem is the city has no rights to the water. And as you know, water rights, I mean, it's a thing. Like, it's a real thing. Oh, yeah. I have uh, a water rights attorney in the in the family. Yeah, water rights is. It's, and of course, they live in California. <laughs> I bet they do. They do probably do quite well. Um, so they have no rights. So the, the city has no rights to the water. Um, and in fact, at the at, right around that time, the United States Bureau of Reclamation is planning to build an irrigation system to support the farmers in the Owens Valley. This would have been uh, pretty devastating to the men's plans, so they set out using underhanded tactics to obtain the water rights and block ir- the ir- this irrigation scheme. So Eaton, he's using inside ma- information through a, a, an associate, a guy he knows at the Bureau of Reclamation. He begins buying up land in the Owens Valley. These guys are wealthy. They'd worked at a private company. They'd been pretty high up. They'd, they'd done real well for themselves. So he begins buying up land in the Owens Valley, and he's paying more than market value uh, so we can get so people will sell to him and he's and he's but he's but his hope is that he's eventually going to sell the land back to Los Angeles for even more money right now at the same time Mulholland is is in Los Angeles and he's waging this public opinion war he's claiming that LA needs far more water to grow than it really does at this time he's saying instead of like you know whatever i don't know 10 million gallons a day we need 50 million gallons a day whatever he's just bloating this they're to try to justify the need for such a large water supply as the Owens Valley has to offer. So the, he's telling this to like the population of Los Angeles. And, and at the same time, while planning, he, what, at the same time, what he's, um, while he's planning to drain this valley of water, he's telling the local residents in the Owens Valley that the city planned only to draw off their unused water, not their, the, you know, they're sort of like their scrap water. So he's, he's lying to everybody. When, when, is, a, when is a wealthy speculator ever done something Not, like that. No, I can't think of a time. Yeah. You know, and by the way, he, there is a really nice road that I think like, you know, very rich people <laughs> right. live off of that run over a big mountain in Los Angeles named after this fellow. Yeah, I, I think I've heard of it. And yeah, is, is, there's a, another movie. There's named. a movie. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a movie made, named after him. What is a David Lynch film? Yeah. So this fight uh, eventually goes to Washington because uh, where Eaton's out there and he's got this California senator named uh, Frank Flint and they're pleading their case to th- Theodore Roosevelt, who's... Approval they absolutely need to build an aqueduct um, because they would have to cross federal lands. Well, the president sides with Los Angeles and approves the land land use. So this plan's in motion, uh, and the farmers are sold out their rights right away because they because you know now Los Angeles is trying to buy the land. Eaton had bought a bunch of the land, you know, knowing that this was going to happen. So he's, but he did, I think he held on to a lot of it. I think he actually kept a, kept a lot of his land out there. But um, but he's probably enriched himself fairly well. He's probably bought quite a bit of it. So the farmer, so farmers are selling out their land, but Los Angeles is undercutting them now. Uh-huh. The first like 20 years of sales, they, they lowball all the farmers. The last, I guess the last 
holdouts actually got paid what their what their land was worth but but they that's so you know they're just every turn they're they're sticking it to people you know so um uh so the 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 so the aqueduct uh, was built, uh, is going to be built, and the people of Los Angeles are going to be assured their water supply, right? But um, so it's all in plans in motion. Here we go, but not exactly what happened. That sort of seems like okay, great, sort of a short story, but but there was so much more to it. Eaton and Mulholland, what they were actually doing was they, when they were draining the Owens Valley and di- they diverted that water to the San Fernando Valley, which is north of Los Angeles. It's not as fertile at all, but it had a really great aquifer. There's, again, these guys know all about this stuff. And it, they knew the water would be stable there and it wouldn't evaporate as much and all this other stuff. So they divert the water up to the San Fernando Valley, essentially as a holding tank to eventually pump it down into Los Angeles. Again, more water than they need. But the water, um, but what they had, but now that they've got the water up in the San Fernando Valley, they want to use it in the San Fernando Valley because they've got too much, but they can't use it in the San Fernando Valley because there is a charter that the city of Los Angeles has that states that two thirds of the city's voters have to agree to any sale, lease, or other use of the city's water supply. And now this is the city's water supply, right? So to get around this, um, a large part of the San Fernando Valley is annexed and becomes part of Greater Los Angeles, all by design, right? So they don't have to get a vote to irrigate the San Fernando Valley, which is not what they said they were going to use this water for. Right. And way more water than they say they, than they needed for the city. They don't have to vote. They can. They've now sort of extended the city line to cover a big part of the San Fernando Valley and now they can use it without without approval. So um so the valley is now considered part of the city, no voter approval necessary. Um and they it, 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 uh with the massively inflated amount of water that Mulholland had convinced the residents they need, right? So as all of this was unfolding, a contingent of wealthy people, you're going to love this. <laughs> who've been fed inside information by Eaton all along have secretly been buying up land in the San Fernando Valley. Ah, yes, yes. At the same time using their connections to support the eventual building of the aqueduct. So these guys, so they're double dip. So Eaton's buying land in the Owens Valley. He's selling it to Los Angeles to make money so that, because they need the land so they can like, you know, you know, divert this water. So, but at the same time, he's telling people where the water's going to go to buy land. And they go up and buy a ton of land too. And they're powerful people. So they help support all this happening, right? They're, um, they're lobbying uh, um, power, they're, you know, these powerful people with money, they're lobbying other powerful people to make this happen. They are literally dumping water. This is pre the, like, to, to, to get approval. They're literally dumping water from the LA reservoirs into the sewers um, and and using the Los Angeles Times at the time to claim that the city's facing a serious drought. They're dumping water to make it look like the aqua the aqueducts in I mean the um, the water storage supplies in Los Angeles are or reservoirs are low 
so they can say, hey, the reservoir is really low. You need our, we need this water. Right. We, we're in a drought. They weren't. They were. I mean, it may have been a drought, but it wasn't anywhere near as bad as they 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 did. They orchestrated this entire thing. Imagine what they could have done had they been this smart and conniving, but not evil. But not evil. Right. Yeah. For the good. Of, well, they did. They did a lot for themselves. I think. Right. Yeah. Because now you've got you've stolen the the water from this one valley. You've moved it to the other valley far more than you needed under the guise of pumping into the city. But you've bought land in the area of the of the of the storage area and then expanded the boundary of the city so you could irrigate that land without voter approval and thereby making the land much more valuable. And by the way, you and your pals bought up all the land. Right. It's. I mean, there is a genius to this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, imagine what you could do with that genius if, yeah. if your intention was not just to enrich yourselves. You you become like a you become like a shaved head super criminal with like a cat on your lap that you slow that you pet. Yeah, like, is that is that, that that's the X Men right? Uh, yeah, I think it's like know. a it's or is that Doctor Evil? Bond. I'm not really sure. There's what there's a James Bond character yeah. that pets the cat. Doctor Evil from Austin one of the, Powers. Uh, that I think, that too. one. Yeah. They're all the, the, yeah. It's all the same. Is, uh, Bezos has a cat, doesn't he? Probably. I'm sure he has a cat that just <laughs> lies in his lap. He just pets it and it purrs while he just lays waste. This is this is why <laughs> this is why we will never have billions of dollars because we just can't think of this complex. Well, you're wrong, Bezos, and right. if you're wrong, Bezos, and we've already wronged Bezos a few yes, times. Yes, we have. So. Um, so, so the San Fernando Valley is now abundant with water. And now, of course, the land has skyrocketed, and that's what they 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 orchestrated all of this. They planned the whole thing, you know. So Mulholland, um, so now this is all approved. The guys up there own their land; they get the rights. They've now irrigating their land. Everyone's making money, et cetera, et cetera. Well, oh no, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. But they're not doing that yet. I'm, I've jumped ahead. They're going to, but they now have to build the aqueduct. So Mulholland he directs the this ring. To his credit, this very complicated, ambitious building of this 233-mile aqueduct takes five years to build between uh, 1907 and 1913. The Owens Valley, which was once called the quote-unquote Switzerland of California, it turns into a desert as demand for the water in the San Fernando Valley. Those investors, they just continue to take more demand more water. Of course... The, we just want the unused water. Right. Now we want a little bit more. And next thing you know, they've sucked the valley dry. And and my, I've been to the Owens Valley, and this was Ooh. back when, uh, I, I would say 2004 or so, uh, to go to Death Valley. And, mm-hmm. you know, you go over the mountains and you can get oh, yeah. over to the Owens Valley. And at that time, the Owen, Lake Owens was just a dry yep. lake bed that was just uh, a toxic, you know, bed of, dust salinity and whatever else that would blow around the valley whenever the winds blew exactly so that's exactly it's exactly what happens to it so the water from the lake is next and they suck out the water from the lake by 1924 the lake is drained right so it's been empty for a long time yeah so the tensions between the residents of the owens valley and the and mulholland escalate and in 1924 this group of ranchers they dynamite part of the aqueduct but (laughs) Shortly after that, the Inyo County Bank, which is the, 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 you know, back then you had one bank for your area, okay, small right. town, small area, ultimately. It collapses and the bank's owners are indicted for embezzlement. And they claim they were like hiding money because they were trying to help the locals. They didn't have, people weren't able to pay their loans back, whatever. But either way, they're, they're indicted. 
they go to jail. And since all the local businesses and their inhabitants um, use that bank, the locals are left with like a really, with whatever they kind of had in their possession and, uh, and whatever cash they had on hand. And that includes many of uh, the people who had sold their land to Los Angeles because they'd gotten all this money and sold most of their land, kept maybe a little homestead, and then they put it in the bank. And so the some bank, of these people lost everything. Everything. They lost everything. So by 1928, Los Angeles owned 90% of the water rights in the valley and the agriculture is dead in like less than 30 years. They just wiped out this valley. And and to your point about the lake, this is really just kind of additional little sort of like turn of the screw, right? Today, Omens Lake's essentially a dry lake bed. It's made up of a variety of minerals that in wet years, like you're saying, turns into, turns the lowest sort of low point of the lake, of the dry lake into a, this muddy chemical soup of like <laughs> minerals that are just alkaline, acidic, and just, just you can't, you just kill you, you know? And um, these, the ground temperatures out there, because you're not far from Death Valley, they, they can go up above 150 degrees and this brine dries out into a dust which uh, winds can stir up and cre- creates a, like this carcinogenic alkali dust storm and it causes respiratory problems to like all the nearby, all around the area, to the nearby. It blows everywhere. We took your land. We took your money. Right. Here's some lung cancer. Here's some lung cancer. We're going right. to leave you with this. Yeah. We're leaving you with this. We're Thanks just taking the water. It. Well, yeah, no water. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and have you been to Los Angeles? No. I don't think it was worth it. I just, just between you and me. I don't think that I don't think that was worth it. But I've seen where their water comes from. You ha- you've been to their <laughs> former water source. Yeah, you're their water source, right? Yeah, I don't know that well, I don't know that the that that was the right. I mean, maybe there was a time, maybe that was the 40s. Right. It was kind of cool. 50s. Six, yeah, maybe the 60s. After that, I think it's probably it's all downhill. Yeah. And it, I don't know where they're getting the water from now. There's a there's they tried to steal some water from Mono Lake, from what I understand. And yes. I thought, well, yeah. I, I from what I remember is you know all those cool structures that you see in Mono Lake. Yeah. It's like I, I guess those were because the water was receding, right? Right. I think. Yeah. They tried to, and then they got shut down with it. And I don't know where they're going to get it next, because I don't think there's much left. Does some of the water come from the Colorado? I mean, that's you know where... it might there might be some, but that's a problem too now because yeah, Colorado's low. But they never, you know, they I think Santa Barbara um, a few years back built some uh, plants that can that can sort of like exchange seawater, you know, filter oh, yeah, desalinate, desalinate the yeah. seawater. But Los Angeles, no interest. I don't think. I guess it's just too easy to steal. Right. Why get a job if you can steal it? Well, I'm wondering, you know, I mean, so this 2013 report says that the city of Los Angeles water comes from three main sources, Owens River, Northern California, and the Colorado River, and groundwater. That sounds like four sources to me, but... (laughs) That's that's right. They lumped Northern California and the Colorado River into one for some reason. Hmm. But, you know, I I do remember driving... um, like from Death Valley, oh, no, no, this was this was a separate separate drive. But driving between, um, we we were going from uh, the Bay Area mm-hmm. to we were heading towards New Mexico, so we went down 
past LA, but we didn't go into LA and we went through Oildale and Baker Bakerville or whatever that's what it you is. Want. You don't that's where you want to go anyway. You yeah. don't really want to go into the city. Those yeah. are the really nice yeah, areas. Yeah, those are out the really there. nice areas. I, I love I love the like two thousand oil pumps and yeah. the barren dirt and the hundred and four yeah. degree temperature in February. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you when you're driving along you see the these aqueducts. Yeah. And uh, my thought having come from Michigan was like why is it all uncovered yeah. in the desert? Yeah. And so I asked my uncle who was an, you know some kind of engineer in California and he's like, "Yeah, it's it's the amount of eva- they lose to evaporation is ridiculous." I bet. Yeah. It's just like you just built a stream through the desert. Yeah. Yeah, through like the hottest, one of the hottest places, the hottest place in the country, probably. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen to like a huge portion of that water? Right. And then it's got to go all the way to the San Fernando Valley and then down to the city at some point. Somehow they pump it. I'm sure they've got like, at that point, they're probably piping it. And it's going to sit there. I mean, it's just like. And, and going forward, I mean, what is the plan? Yeah. Well, what I think about is like the fact that human beings. It's like we 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 we're we're all too willing to try to fit a square peg into a round hole. Right. It's like this is not this place doesn't sustain this amount of life. No. So let's not try. Let's not overdo it. That's the I think that's the that's to me the big takeaway is it's like if you keep at what like everything if you build a false economy eventually the economy something's going to upend it right right eventually there will be a water problem. There was a I think it was. It might have been Planet Money. It was about water in, like, I think the Central Valley. It was almond farming and yeah. stuff like that. It's huge. All, apparently, almonds take a lot of water. A ton. Like, it's like a gallon for, like, one, one almond, almond or something. Right, yeah. Like that. yeah. Or 100 gallons it's or insane. a million gallons. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's crazy. And they asked this guy because what they're having to do there love is almonds, they are the pumping. Lo- What's that? I love almonds. Uh, I know almonds are great, uh, but they're, they have to drill lower and lo- right. deeper and deeper and right. deeper. Uh, and it's just this, like this well goes deeper and now they drain the water a little lower. Yeah. So someone else has to drill another 25 yeah. feet and then 50 feet and 75 feet. And, and uh, they asked him, they said, should you keep doing that? And he was like, Sh- I mean, should, this is how I make money and the water's down there. And basically he was saying he's incentivized to do this. Right. And the, the, the laws that we have for water rights are insane. Yeah. And it's built by, you know, it's because of people like Mulholland and, you know, that, that we have these crazy laws and rules. I mean, it, it benefits somebody. Well, and it makes me think of that scene uh, in there will be blood where Daniel day Lewis is he tries to buy this guy's land for the oil rights and the guy won't sell. And then the guy finally needs to sell and he goes to him and he goes, I already, I drank your milkshake. And he shows how he just basically drilled a 45 degree angle underneath underneath. this guy's property and just sucked all the The oil oil out. out. And it's like, I drank your milkshake. I drank and it. I don't need it now. I don't don't need your rights anymore. I don't need your problem. I don't need it anymore. And it kind of that drilling deeper and each one fighting to go deeper. It's kind of like, you're just fighting to go to, to suck in the next 10 feet of water up. Is, is This is uh, this whole thing is kind of what's referred to, I think, as the tragedy of the commons, Ooh. which is I think it's kind of like that whole game theory, which mm-hmm. is kind of where you're trying to figure out the psychology of all the other people involved in something. 
And so, you know, like in nuclear warfare, you're like, well, I'm not launching a missile because if I launch a missile, he's launching a missile, we're all dead. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, but in this instance, it's, if I don't take the water, the guy down the street takes it. Yeah. So therefore, I need to use all the water I can, regardless of whether I need it or not. Right, right, right. I would just pump it all out, pour it all over the desert and... But it evaporates. Well, and it and that and that's the kind of thing that has a domino effect, right? I mean, right. And, and and it also it it speaks to what kind of we mentioned before the podcast started, which is, you know, you're forced to maybe in some situations by others or by circumstance to become something you're not. You have to do something because if you don't, someone else will. Right. And that's just a tear. That's one of the worst. I think it's got to be one of the worst things you could ever say as a human being, if you have any morals whatsoever, is to say, well, if I don't do it someone else will right that's ne- that's never like referring to something cool or good no ever ever no you know never. What I mean? like well if i don't you know punch a duck in the face someone else will. i mean something it's always well, something bad when i worked in the bike shop there was a guy who his thought was if i don't eat all of the pizza somebody else will right yeah and so when you turned your back and you turned around again the pizza was gone yeah yeah that was the tragedy of the commons right there yeah the pizza was our common pizza and he ate it, ate it all when no one paid attention. You, If you're walking down the street in the middle of the night and you see a bike just sitting there, someone left their bike out, and you could steal it. And really, and especially if you're in a major city in America, someone's, someone gonna, else is gonna someone's probably going to steal it. Yeah. it. Might as well be me. But is it... Right, exactly. But what it what it boils down to is like... And then you start to justify it. You start right. you start to sort of say, well, and that's your justification. So you've just become someone... Well, you may be that person. Hopefully, if you're not, though, you just became someone that you're not. And you've justified it. And, and it's, and it, in, in this instance with the water and, and agriculture, cause you mentioned how like the Owens Valley was actually good agriculture mm-hmm. land, yeah. but they pumped the water to farmers in places that are not good agriculture exactly. land and, and they're wasting the water and because they lose it takes more water. water. Right. And the city keeps growing because they've provided the water. Right. It's like induced demand, you know, like with highways, you like make the highway six lanes wide and like a month later it's. It's, uh, you know, it's gridlock again because people are like, sweet, I can drive into town now instead of Of taking the train because there's six lanes. Absolutely. And um, it's like, I don't know when it ends. It ends when they run out of water, I guess. Well, and that's, and so that's what's happening in certain circumstances. And, and, you know, we're, I was listening to something actually sort of, sort of fortuitously today I heard and, and, and by coincidence, you know, they're talking about the fact that they can't. There's cities now that are saying small cities at this point, but are that are saying developers cannot build anything more unless they prove what they have water to, right. to, to to like pump to these houses. These this they want to do a, a housing tract of 200 houses. Where are you gonna need the water from? Like I heard that's happening in southern Utah now. It, yeah, there is a town that shut down what that won't let any more building because of that. And you have to do you'd have to ask yourself like where's the water going to continue to come from in Los Angeles if one day and what's going to happen? I mean, I don't want to like turn this into a discussion about the fantastic Kevin Costner film Waterworld or anything like that. Right. But I mean, it's the opposite effect, right? There's no water. Well, in their case, there's no water because there's none to drink, right? right? There's no water and there's a lot of us. That's not one of those things that you can work out, you know? I mean, gas, water, there aren't many more, you know, anything. Power and water, yeah. without those things and food, it's chaos. Yeah. 
And a city like Los Angeles, what, 11, 13,000 people in the greater Los Angeles? 11 or no, 13 million, I think. I think it's 13 million. I was like, yeah, that 11, 13,000. That was like in 1897 or something, right? 11, 13,000. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> or 1802 when they, yeah, uh, that, exactly. was, that, was the, that was the founding fathers, all 13,000 of them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll become, you know, it'll just become, I don't know, escape from New York. Well, and I, I mean that, and that's why this is the perfect, uh, you know, way to broaden the help is not on the way because yes. it certainly is not, not on, on the way. way. Well, and, and also triggering this with a lack of water, you have a, uh, plethora of water right Maybe yeah. a little too much too much and and this is what's what what i thought was fun i you know as i mentioned i thought hey i should talk about our current situation yeah. with water and then i thought no this is that would be that would be like an entire podcast series yeah, yeah. talking about our current water situation so i went for something that i could talk about in a shorter period of time and this is talking about uh the johnstown flood the Johnstown Wait, flood. Johnstown, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Okay. And this this was a flood that occurred after the catastrophic failure of the South Fork Dam on the Little Connemaw River. And it's spelled Cone Maw, but it's pronounced, I believe, Connemaw, huh. uh, after several days of heavy rain. So with that said, I'm going to go back a little bit and talk about the dam itself and why it even existed. So the South Fork Dam was constructed between 1838 and 1853 by the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania as part of a cross-state canal system because this was back really before the railroad was the main system of transportation. So, you know, when you go to like DC and everything, there's like all those canals that had the little towpaths next to it. And, you know, you could tow things along it or, Take boats or it's really whatever. Really common in England. I Maybe mean, you can have a cow tow your like yeah. your long boat or whatever your thing. Absolutely. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. So um, it w- it was um, the main line of public works. Okay, that's what it was called. Uh, when the railroads took over, though, as the main form of cargo transport, the canal was abandoned and sold to the Pennsylvania Railroad. Okay. Now the dam and lake, uh, the Lake Conema. And the dam, the South Fork Dam that that created the lake, which was really a reservoir, was part of the purchase. And they subsequently sold that to private uh, interests. Mm -hmm. And the private interests were wealthy investors, of course, Mark. (laughs) Those guys. Right. (laughs) They move out from California. More bald-headed guys with cats. Yeah, right. I I assume. Gout. So... uh, the investors led by Henry Clay Frick purchased the reservoir to create a private lake for wealthy associates. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the associates were linked by association through the Carnegie through Carnegie Steel. That's real money right there. Right. And yeah. The, I mean, this was Pennsylvania, right? What? what yeah. It was steel. It was yeah. coal. Yeah. Um, it was industry. Definitely. So that's all of these people that that became involved were in, in industry of some sort. Uh, and they made modifications to the dam because, uh, it, you know, they wanted to utilize this lake for fishing and mm-hmm. sailing and in the winter, ice boating. Oh. Which I thought was kind of cool. It was like ice cool. boating. I'd like to do some ice I'd boating. I'd like to do some ice boating. Um, that is, though, but I'd like to do it. Some of the, the two of the things they did, which maybe made the dam a little more susceptible to not being a dam anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we're to lower it to build a road on top. Okay. And they put a screen 
over the spillway. Oh, they, the reason they put the screen net, over the right? spillway was because they stocked the lake with expensive game fish. Yeah. So and is that do- going to like net debris and yeah, mm-hmm. is that what that's going to do? Yes. And turn basically the screen into a sail that is being pushed by water. Right. That sounds, that sounds. Lots of additional pressure on the dam. You know how hard it would have been for you or I just to stand there and go back then and go, you know what that's going to do, right? Right. Yeah. This is a really bad idea. Have you, I, of course they didn't have, um, the sewer system and drains that I experienced in Denver with the torrential floods that would fill with branches and leaves and then flood the entire neighborhood. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, they yeah. hadn't experienced that. They yet, hadn't had assuming, that, right? that experience. That, yeah. But that's the first thing that would come to my mind. It's, it's like, that's a disaster. Uh, and of course they were expensive, you know, game fish. So these wealthy people could fish for things that would never be in the lake otherwise. Yeah. Invasive species. Always a good idea. Too. That's right. Gosh, these, they're so full of good ideas. So these were, these modifications, they proved costly. Um, additionally, the original system of relief pipes and valves were sold as scrap and never replaced. Mm-hmm. So normally a dam might have ways of like releasing the sure. water right. when there's too much pressure on the dam. They didn't have that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I can see the logic. Right. I mean, (laughs) do we need to think about the future? I can see the logic. Right. Yeah. Let's not, let's get rid of what's been working. Right. And let's stock it with fish and put a screen over it and do a bunch of stuff that we don't know is going to work. Right. Put a road over the top. The The private club opened in uh, 1881 and uh, the members of the exclusive South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club built cottages and clubhouses up there. Eventually, more than 50 wealthy uh, Pittsburgh steel coal and railroad industrialists Mm -hmm. formed the membership of the club. That's great. That's great. Good group. Yes. Good group. Oh, to have been a fly on the wall of those. Can you imagine? You know, at their communal meeting meeting house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, and so here's the thing. The, the lake is 450 feet above Johnstown in elevation. Oh, so, oh. you know, so they're kind of like, they get to look down on the, on the normal, yeah. you know, everyday yeah. people, yeah. So, which yeah. is, which is as it should be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The lake was like about, they could stand right on the edge of the, now they've got a roadway. They don't even have to like right. stand in the woods. They can look down and, on them. In fact, they might not have to stand. They could probably just Drive take a horse. Across. Well, I, I mean, there were no cars yet, but uh, yeah, they could take carriage. their horse and carriage yeah, across or their horse. Yeah, that's a good idea. So the, the lake was about two miles long and one mile wide, 60 feet deep at the dam. A 72 foot high dam, 931 feet wide. Wow. It's an earthen dam. So it's made of dirt mm-hmm. and rocks and stuff. Now, after the club opened, the dam would apparently spring frequent leaks and it was patched with straw and mud. Oh, yeah. Or little little boys with their fingers in the holes. Right, right, right. <laughs> strong mud. Who determines how strong this kids, mud kids is? From, kids from downstream, you know. Yeah. They just pay them. Hold your finger Is that how hole. they find out it sprung a leak? <laughs> that someone comes up and knocks? Hey, uh... But, it, but he, he's, he, he told them about the leak so many times they ignored it. They just, yeah. And actually, it's almost like that. It's almost like that. Oh so, um, now Johnstown itself... The, the the main town downstream it was founded in 1800 by a Swiss immigrant named Joseph Johns at the confluence of the Stony Creek and Little Economa River, where the Economa River is formed. It grew with the completion of the Mainline Canal in 1836 and then the Pennsylvania Railroad and then the Cambria Ironworks. By 1889, they had a population of about 30,000. And a lot um, of people. 
Yeah, a lot of people. And the, and the town was already prone to fl- flooding because it's it's in a valley. Mm-hmm. Um, the large amounts of rain and snow runoff, um, you know, come down these rivers at this confluence and overflow the banks. Mm-hmm. And because of this, like, you know, um, the geography, everybody builds right near the river. Yeah. So everybody's living right along the river. And, well, and it's, I mean, it's a water source. It's the time when there wasn't, yeah. you could, water wasn't easily And it's pumped. your transportation yeah. probably too, you know, for it, yeah. they, um, and, and because of the, the iron furnaces, they had all the slag, uh. you know, they, so they're dumping that along the river and then building on that. So they've, oh. they've created a narrow channel for the water to go through. Come on. Like, yeah. Just <laughs> asking for it. I mean, but from top to bottom in this thing. I know. Top that's, to bottom. It's just like one thing after another, right? Um, Let's you, build on something that's just going to liquefy. I just wonder, you know, at, at the time, did they not did, did they not know? I yeah. mean, you know that when you narrow uh, a channel, the water flows faster. Mm-hmm. It's like putting water into a little hose. Right. And then it sprays out the end like a jet, you know? But at the same time, you also know that you'd like to live a little more close to the river than the guy next to you. And there's no more land. So right. I'm just going to fill in this land. And uh, yes. See how that works. And, too? and there's probably some developer selling that land I that didn't even it. exist before. Right. There's some we scheme still see it today. Someone may, someone's getting rich. I mean, you know, alphabet city in the ABC streets in New York city. Those, the reason they're ABC is because they ran out of streets. They filled it in. And then they, they, it, at, at first, first, you know, and then they just, they just didn't know what to, they named them ABC. <laughs> All that's just landfill. That's what Pete. That's what people do. That's what they do. We're so smart. The the one thing we don't do that they apparently do in say like the Netherlands is we 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 do the building part. Yeah. We don't do the safety part. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're yeah, not yeah. like what happens if water rises. It's called capitalism. Right. In capitalism. Right. It's called capitalism. <laughs> that would be socialism over in the that's Netherlands. Right. right. Come on, man. We'll support the arts. Now that so, so um, there even even down downstream, just downstream along Route Fifty Six, is a plaque claiming the area is the deepest river gorge east of the Rocky Mountains. Oh, that's that's a that's a nice little distinction right. there, isn't it? Yeah, living were, in the bottom of the deepest river gorge. That's right. Does, 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 right. Does it, does and, it, and we're making it we're making it even it, you know narrower. Yeah, it doesn't seem at all right. alarmist to me at all. Uh, this this one guy, Daniel Morrell. Uh, of he was like the I think the president of Cambria Ironworks and some other things. He's like president of the gas, uh, oil and gas company, and all these different things. He joins the club in order to keep an eye on the dam because he's really? so concerned. He um, he has his own engineers, uh, or he wants his own engineers and engineers from the Pennsylvania Railroad to inspect the dam. He even offers to make repairs partly with his own money. Wow, this guy's all right. And the club's president says, no. Benjamin F. Ruff, just, you know, if you want to hold a grudge against someone, says no. Uh, his Daniel Morales, please, are ignored. It, it's just like, it's that, it's that age-old question, but why not? Right. Why, why not? What could come, what bad could come of us securing the dam? I'll even pay for some of it. Right. Yeah, I'm good. we're good. Well, and, you know, ben, well, so, unfortunately, or for, uh, whatever, Benjamin Ruff dies in 1887, the before the flood happens. Daniel Morrell, he died even two years before that, 1885. Oh, wow. So he doesn't make it to the flood either. Okay. So he probably died thinking, 
eh, the flood yeah, never happened. We're good. Yeah. But on May 30th, 1889, what was dubbed the heaviest rainfall ever recorded in that part of the United States occurs. Yeah. Uh, it's estimated six to 10 inches of rain fall in 24 hours. Wow. Flooding and damage is widespread. Yeah, you can imagine. Um, and on the 31st, Elias Unger, president of the South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club, wakes to high water uh, in the lake, uh, nearly cresting the dam. Wow. He, he gathers a group of men to try and, uh, you know, deal with the situation. Mm-hmm. So they're what trying to do. The first thing they try to do, Mark, is unclog the screen. Oh yeah, because Great it's idea. not letting the water it's not letting water spill away. Yeah, other men are trying to dig a ditch by hand to allow the water to, uh, you know, at the low end of the dam to l- allow the water yeah. through, yeah. and other ones are on top trying to build the dam higher. <laughs> as as the water's the rising, it's higher. like nine hundred and thirty one foot wide dam. Maybe we could build it higher build it higher in guys like an should have hour? Thrown those guys on the right. digging crew you might have gotten and others are on the front of the dam just throwing rock and mud on it trying to keep it from eroding and collapsing i mean don't they realize at this point they're ants right they're ants trying to like to trying to hold back a bathtub and about as point. smart as ants because they have no idea none of this could right. possibly work even if you even the ditch is probably the night that well the ditch and the unclogging are the best right but neither you're it's too much it's too little too late at this point oh yeah absolutely and the, the club's engineer even thinks maybe we could just like cut through the dam and let the water out but then he thinks uh, that'll just make the whole thing collapse yeah so they don't so they don't do that it'll begin to erode the whole of course, the whole thing know. is going to collapse anyway right at some of point. course i mean that we know where this oh, is, is that going. where that's gonna go yeah. oh yeah i hadn't right. i hadn't so um unger uh sends that that engineer by horse twice to ride down to the town of South Fork, which is the next town downstream. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's several towns between them and Jamestown. But so Jamestown he's like Paul Revere big. running down like to Yeah. Go, he goes and he sends town. a telegraph warning to Johnstown. Unfortunately, uh, due to numerous false warnings, the, the uh, warning doesn't ever get to town officials. Oh, no. Because they're like, yeah, yeah. Crying wolf. You guys yeah. again. You guys again. <laughs> you rich guys up there again. They you want to uh, watch us all scurry around like right. a bunch of poppers. Yeah. Do you, are you guys up there with a telescope laughing? You know? Uh, and plus, at this point, the water is already like 10 feet high in several parts of, of Johnstown. You, I was going to say, because they've now narrowed the river, right? right? So they're already flooding. Yeah. There's people already trapped in their houses, can't, can't get yep. out of town. Um, and uh, finally, the men give up on the dam. They're like, at 1.30, they can't. They're exhausted and it's futile. There's there's nothing they're going to be able to do. So they just wait. Uh, meanwhile, in Johnstown, as I mentioned, the water's already ten feet high in places, and people are trapped. Um, just before three p.m., uh, the dam collapses and it sends a torrent down uh, towards South Fork, South yeah. Fork, which is the next town down. Mm-hmm. Fortunately for South Fork, they're mostly on higher ground. Yeah. Um, Can you tor- imagine watching that go by? Oh my gosh. I mean, can you imagine just standing up on, maybe you are on higher ground and maybe you're okay, but right. you're just standing there and you just see the valley that come through. I don't think, I mean, now we, we might be a little desensitized to it because we've seen that sort of thing in like CGI on films oh, yeah, and things. movies. Yeah, but absolutely. then, and even, and even now, honestly, I don't know that I would be able to comprehend it. For no. Me. Well, and you know, so 
they uh, a lot of people raced to higher ground. They had um, they could see that what was happening, and people people moved to higher ground. But twenty to thirty houses were destroyed, but only 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 four people perished. Okay, I mean, so I mean, considering what the tally is at the end of yeah, this, it's that's yeah. Well, yeah. that's yeah. Okay, for an entire damn to collapse, that would have been sad but acceptable losses to some yes. degree. Yeah, but that's not where we end. However, there's another town. Uh, just down the way called Mineral Point, and they're the next to be hit. Um, they get hit so hard, uh, the water comes through there at an estimated rate of 420,000 cubic feet per second, oh my God. which is apparently m- middle of the road for the mouth of the Mississippi, which ranges from wow. like 300 to 700,000. So it's like the amount of water going out into the ocean from the Mississippi coming through that town. Oh, my God. And um, we're at the rate of that town. All that remained afterwards was bedrock. Every structure was gone. All the topsoil was gone. All the subsoil was gone. Stripped everything, right? Downed rock. Yeah. Um, 16 were killed. So we're at at like, what, 20 now. That's still peanuts compared to that. Considering what just happened. Right. That's still reasonable. Uh, Unfortunately, there's another town, East Kanaba, which is the next in line. Oh, goodness. And at this point, the water is so filled with debris, it resembles, uh, quote, a huge rolling, a huge hill rolling over and over, according sure. to one yeah, witness. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it's it's brown. Yeah. It's got logs and, and, yeah. Who how, knows what know, else is in there? Is in, yeah. yeah, houses. Yeah, rocks. Um, I mean, that that's pushing gigantic oh, rocks at this abso- point. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So the uh, train engineer, John Hess, hears and feels the rumbling of mm-hmm. this, and he puts his engine his uh his locomotive in reverse and races back wow. into town with his whistle blowing the whole time which apparently saves many because they just start running however still 50 died including passengers on trains in town that were waiting you know to leave or whatever wow so we're at like what what now 70 dead yeah about 70 there. 70 dead three towns there's a yet another town Oh before Johnstown. This one is Wood Woodvale. And 314 of the 1,100 residents are killed. Oh, my gosh. Um, this is way more than I thought we were talking. And Cambria Ironworks is, is, is in this town. And it picks up rail cars oh, and miles of barbed and, wire. And probably, like, rail and everything, yes. right? Yes, and miles of barbed wire. Oh, my God. So now so, this rolling, tumbling thing is now armed with barbed wire and, and rail, trains. Yeah, trains and, and trees and houses and, and, and cows stone and horses. And, yeah, and, and bodies, bodies of people yeah. and, and, and soil and everything. It's in, it's crazy. So it hits a little, so it's I think it's 57 minutes, a little less than an hour after the dam collapsed. An it, hour? Yeah, it hits, because I think it's like, it's like, um, I don't know. 14, 15 miles or something like that. Yeah. Down. Wow. And you, it's still got that much momentum. It's but at that valley, point, so. the waters are traveling at around 40 miles per hour and up to 60 feet high, filled with all this stuff. Right. Still coming. Right. Yeah. Some managed to reach higher ground or rooftops, but most were, you know, obviously caught up in the flood water and wrapped in, you know, barbed wire oh, and crushed by yeah. debris. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, Drown, obviously. So, many what, so, and then, uh, so a quarter of that other that last town is done for. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like a th- and almost a third. Almost maybe. a yeah, third. About a quarter. And they. Quarter. And now it's going. Is this now? They're now and headed to Johnstown. And yeah, now it's hit Johnstown. 
Um, those that did survive had to wait for hours to help if they managed to like climb on top of something or you know right. float downstream on a, a piece of wood. Apparently, they mentioned uh, bodies were found in Ohio. Oh, oh. yeah. But um, so the the flood races through town, you know, um, decimating it and yep. hits the the stone bridge. Now I I I forgot to mention that it's already hit a a viaduct at uh, um um uh I th- it was upstream. It hits a hits a viaduct and oh yeah, it's in it's in the um uh let's see where was this one that it hits this. Oh, okay, it's between South Fork and Mineral Point. I forgot about that. Uh-huh. It hits uh hits a 78 foot high Kanama viaduct. Where the water's paused briefly because it's like a dam. It's oh. all the debris is crushed against it. So uh, it's it pauses for about seven minutes, and then it and then bursts again. the whole then then to build up because of course that's just building up behind yes. it, right? So, so it's, it's made getting it worse. another yeah, it's getting yet another um, you know th- you know m- it's building up again to explode again. Essentially, is what it's and doing. the whole viaduct collapses. Wow. And so now it that the, and from there it hits hits Mineral Point and moves on. But it, once it hits Johnstown, it races through town and hits another stone bridge that actually carries the railway. Right. And everything backs up against it like a dam. Mm-hmm. And now the water gets so high it rushes back through town the opposite it direction. Comes back. Yeah. Wow. So if you didn't get it the first time, yeah, you're gonna get it the second yeah. time. The, the and like you're gonna get like a sand spit kind of thing. It's gonna it's gonna they got the two, oh yeah from both directions. It's right? gonna hit and explode upward, and it's gonna be just this turmoil of like tumultuous water. But but it gets even worse, Mark. <laughs> Can it? <laughs> the debris at the bridge catches on fire. Oh, my. and I don't know. And it burns for three days. So people get washed into this raging inferno of barbed wire, bodies, trains, and trees. And burning. This yeah. must have seemed like the apocalypse. Yeah, it must have people. seemed like the apocalypse. Like there were religious people out there who, I mean, and especially at that time, a lot of them who would have thought, and with no other information and no other way to understand what's happening, would have thought that this is the apocalypse. I, I can't even imagine. And. They they said when when the floods recede, the the debris covers thirty acres and reaches seventy feet in height, and it's so dense with its massive amount of barbed wire and everything. They uh, it takes them three months and dynamite to clear up the debris. I can imagine. I'm surprised three months. I'm surprised they got it done that quickly. To be honest, without without some of them, you know, without I don't know. Yeah, that they could do it in three months. Yeah, it's interesting that the. 14.55 million cubic meters of water is what came out. Wow. Uh, and 2,209 people were reported killed. However, years later, one person said, I didn't die. So apparently it's 2,208 is the official total. It was, the at the time, largest loss of civilian life in the U.S. I mean, Seven, that's... 17 million in damages, which equates to about 490 million now. So, I mean... All told, it doesn't even equal a Jeff Bezos yacht. True. The damages. So, I yeah. mean, it's really probably not yeah. that big a deal. Which would have just sailed, which would have, which would, 
would have just do you, so do you think the yacht would have stayed in the lake or do you think it would have gone over with and if it had it probably would have survived i don't know i don't maybe, know maybe you're, you're probably you're so far removed from everything maybe it would have just you wouldn't even notice what was going on i have noticed hey the water level seems a little they're lower. playing xbox yeah, don't like, worry about oh, it i feel a little bit of rocking here yeah don't now, don't worry about it what's what's amazing about this is that really nobody was held responsible Wow. Because the laws at the time uh, kind of protected. Nobody knew anything back then. Right. It was, they didn't know stuff. They didn't it was know hard how to, determine, to sue rich people. Was one person really responsible? Yeah, there is kind of something to be said for that. I mean, and the guy who said no years before died already. He, was already dead. he could have maybe been pinned to the wall. Who knows? Yeah. And there was a lot of lawsuits. They lost everyone against against the, the club. Well, of course. I mean, and um, some some other interesting things. I mean, there were things uh, came about because of that. We adopted some uh, British uh, types of liability um, laws mm. uh, to, to, to hold people liable for things. But another one of the things that was interesting is one of the first outsiders to arrive was Claire Barton. The found, nurse and founder of the American Red Cross. Oh wow! And uh, brought 50, 50 people with her, and they were there for five months. They had donations wow. and help from eighteen foreign countries, uh, totaling about three point seven million dollars. Oh my goodness! The last known survivor died in nineteen ninety seven at the age of one hundred eight. One hundred eight. Yeah, he had some stories to tell. He had kids one were complaining, to- and he's like. You have to walk uphill both yeah. ways in freezing rain. Let me tell you about my childhood. He really just had one story to tell because that, like, that's. But he told it every day. I know. I was gonna say because at that, because <laughs> if you're that guy or anybody who survived this thing, like nobody wants to hear anything else you have to say. That's right. Like, hey, you know what? Let me tell you. I went down to the store. I don't want to hear what you. I don't hear. I hear that. Remember this? This one time I was on a I was on a ocean liner and this. No, I don't want to hear that. His name was Frank. Frank. Um, the newspapers here again. They want to hear about the flood. They want to hear about the flood. Right. Well, I was going to tell them about that time that, you know, I, I saved those kittens. From I want to tell them building. about my Nobel Prize. No, nobody cares about the Nobel Prize. <laughs> right. like, nobody cares. You survived the flood. It, and it was probably called the flood. It was It like was it never, called, yes. It's um, like the vi- we, are, we are in the virus. I, I keep hearing that and kind of it sounds very like, again, we talk about movies. It sounds very like the virus. Like we like there's only been one, right? Yeah, it was like, called the Great Flood of 1889. But around town, it was the flood. Uh, unfortunately, though, this area had many more floods. Well. And um, they have all sorts of things commemorating all sorts of floods. Of course, none of them had 2,208 fatalities. Um, but yeah, they had a lot, a lot more floods. Well, you know what you should, uh, that, are there any, I'd really be interested to see like what, where people still have cities or even build now, like below a dam. Oh, uh, how about, how about, um, Lake Dillon in Summit County, Colorado yeah. below that is like, uh, uh, what is it? Silverthorne. Yeah. And you drive over that thing and. Every time I go over it, I I say, imagine if this dam collapsed. Of course, I'm sure everyone does. Yeah, like this this whole yeah, and and I I know some of those are older because of course right. Silverthorne was there for a long time and the dam, but I don't think it's something that they do anymore. I, maybe they do. I don't know, but there, I wouldn't want to live in that valley. I don't. There think was I'd that, do that dam that collapsed in Michigan. What was it like two years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anybody died, but it pretty much ruined everybody's property and property value because. So what? Uh, this I remember the story pretty well. 
it's pretty interesting. But um, basically, some people got a big, um, you know, had an estate left to them with a lot of money. And they were trying to think of what do we do with all this money so we don't have to pay taxes on it. Oh, man, that's I ask myself I mean, that question I, That's what day. I think. If I got $100 million, I think I don't only want $60 million of it and have to pay 40 million on the 100 million cuz 60 million isn't enough. No. I'd rather take that money and come up with some elaborate scheme mm-hmm. to avoid paying taxes that requires me to have to think yep. really hard and pay a whole bunch of other people to come up with this convoluted scheme. I, I, I have that same thought every time I get my paycheck, every time I yeah. see my paycheck. You're like, like what, do I, what do I do to just stop paying these taxes? Right, you buy like some exotic bird seed that you send to Thailand that gets, yeah, you know. I'll write it off. Right, and then you you end up in cryptocurrency and you're on Silk Road buying drugs and I don't know what happens. It's but anyway, slippery slope. In this, in this instance in Michigan, these guys decided to buy a dam that was in Michigan mm-hmm. as a way to reinvest their money and not have to pay taxes right. on it. And then they would uh, generate income off of like it's hydroelectric or something. Oh, like sure. That. Yeah, yeah. Except they did zero maintenance on it and it started losing money. And it was like, you should have just paid the damn taxes and taken your 60 million or whatever and just lived your life. But no. You got to take it tangled up in some sort of nonsense. Some dumb scheme. You can't be busy enjoying yourself. You're 60 million bucks. You've got to be worried about the 40 million that, right. you, that, that you didn't get. That's right? right. And so the dam collapses, floods a bunch of homes, and all the people who lived on this lake no longer have lakefront property. Yeah. yeah. And now they just have a gigantic mosquito infested I remember mud this. pit. And I've seen yeah. the photos of it. And right. it's like 30 feet away from your, you know, yeah. your house. There's this mud patch. And then there's a dinky little postage stamp of water that you could get to if you could get to it. If you could, but see that sort of what that what that sort of makes me think about is, I've, I told my kids this recently. I told actually, uh, uh, um, it's come up a few times. Little obviously, really little things. But I've asked my kids like, hey, you know, I don't know, maybe they they took something sometime. They weren't supposed to from from somewhere, or whatever. Not like they stole something, but you know, I don't. Oh, remember, I was going to say like exact. a car. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, right. they, yeah, they, they took the Fabergé egg. Let's just let's say a Fabergé egg, you know, just for the conversation. <laughs> so he took his Fabergé egg, and they they got away with it, and I and I and I, whatever it was, and I was like, you know, I found out about it, the Fabergé egg, and I was like, but aren't you like always worried someone's gonna find out? And she was like, yeah, and I was like, was it worth it then? Right. You know, I mean, because and if you do get away with it, you know, you know, you did it. So if you're like a, what is it? You're, you're like a, 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 a psychopath. You're a narciss- complete narcissist. You don't have that. Oh, no, I don't. Right? I don't. I just was, I was just being Oh, yeah. Parental. You don't have it. Like I, if you took the Fabergé egg, everything's good. Oh, yeah, it's, I don't care. You were just trying to. No, I had read a book and right. I was just trying to impart the wisdom. Yes. But me, I have no feelings whatsoever. Right, so, exactly. Yeah, I take stuff all the time. Right, I know. Yeah, yeah. You take my stuff all I the time. I stole someone's mailbox on the way over here. <laughs> yeah. Just to do it. Just to do it. Yeah. I don't need a mailbox. And you just dump the mail out on the way too because you don't really care about the mail. Yeah. I don't need a mailbox. I don't need the mail either. It's not not addressed to me. (laughs) This is the thing, Mark. Without humans, you can't live with them. You can't live without them. And without them, we would not have a show called Help Is Not On The Way. That's true. Because certainly that just wouldn't be a thing, right? We need people. Right. Get out there. Get out there. Get to it. Do dumb things. Get going. We got another podcast called Are We Recording? We need we need content, people. Right, uh, lots of content. 
I do mean, something. We th- we have to we have to spend time trying to find this content. You thinking about hiding some tax money? Do it. And then call us. Call us. <laughs> Just ping us. Right. We'll take it. Anything. Please, anything. I'm not taking the tax money or anything like that. I just want this story. I don't want your mail either, That's by right. the way. No. I don't want you to leave sending your mail over to us so we can open it. Right. Finger cut, get paper cuts. Paper cuts. And then I got all this, this whole like bin of recycled you know, paper that I got. I got enough of. mail buried in my backyard. Right. <laughs> undelivered mail. Did, uh, did you get rid of those bags of, of mail, you know, in your basement? Oh yeah, from when you were a mail carrier. That's and you right. Just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did that. I buried them. I buried them in the backyard. Oh, okay, you buried them. So they're not in the basement anymore. They're in the backyard. You never know. You may need them one day. I would burn them, but you never know. You know, you well, may need them. If you burn them, you get a big pile. Of, you got a big, you know, cloud of smoke. Totally tell telltale right, sign yeah. of someone. Every time I, I walk, I walk by someone's house. I'm thinking they're burning mail when, yeah. in the winter time. Right. Must be burning mail again. The Johnsons. Because that's what I'd be doing. Heck yeah. It's cold, but I know they're burning mail. I know what you're doing. I know what you under the cover of cold. Burning you're burning mail. mail. <laughs> okay, this is help is not on the way. Help is not on the way. Um, I'm Kevin Ballman, and I'm Mark Dustin. We'll see you next time. 